Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So we've got a number one deluxe meal. Is there anything else I can get you? Yeah, I'd also like a good night's sleep. Excuse me, sir? You know, the I didn't struggle all night with my uncomfortable CPAP mask or something like the my wife didn't kick me out to sleep on the couch because of my constant tossing and turning. Sir, we don't have anything like that here. I think what you're looking for is Inspire. It's an implant that works inside your body to treat sleep apnea without a CPAP. That way you can breathe normally and rest more soundly. Come on! He sounds angry. Inspire is the only FDA-approved sleep apnea treatment of its kind. It's helping tens of thousands of people finally get restful sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. That's InspireSleep.com. Inspire. Sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. It's about 2.35 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Scott Ritter will be with us in just a minute. And he and I will view together with you two four-star generals, former four-star generals, who claim Ukraine can and will win the war. One says they're leaving at Crimea back right after this. When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code JUDGENAP and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Where are you, Scott? There we go. Welcome back, my dear friend. A huge number uh, of fans have been lining up and uh, are happy that you're here. Thanks very much uh, for your time with us. So how is the spring, now summer, offensive going uh, for the Ukrainian military. It's an abysmal failure. I mean, they've lost upwards of um, 10,000 troops already, uh, both on the line of contact and in the rear assembly areas. Um, this this offensive has no chance of succeeding. They have yet to penetrate, or in 
even make um, significant contact with the first line of Russian defenses, let alone the second or third line. Um, you know, they've bogged down in the initial uh, obstacle barriers, the minefields. Um, they are being, uh, their attack is broken up by artillery and um, and airport. Everything I told you was going to happen, Judge, is happening here. The, the, the Russian doctrinal defense is, um, the, the Ukrainians are incapable of breaching it. And what makes this even more criminal is that any military professional knows this, especially those who wear four stars on their uh, shoulders who served in the U.S. Army. They know the Army doctrine for, um, uh, you know, a, a breaching assault. They know that one of the first, the, the very first requirement is suppression. That means suppressing Russian artillery, air, electronic warfare, everything. The Ukrainians have suppressed nothing. Therefore, this is literally a suicide uh, attack. Before uh, we get to the two American four stars and their uh, opinions, I think you know their opinions uh, already. Um, given the textbook definition of what you need in order to conduct uh, an offensive um, uh, procedure, two to one, three to one, given the fact that not only do the Ukrainians not have two to one, three to one, it's one to ten one to them versus 10 for the Russians. Can you characterize this decision to move forward with the spring offensive as militarily based or politically based? It's 100% politically based. This is, um, this is literally Zelensky appeasing his NATO masters to create the perception of Ukrainian military prowess on the eve of a NATO summit where this entire Ukrainian um, you know, commitment that NATO has made is going to be put on the table and discussed. And um, what NATO doesn't want to do, they, they, you know, they have a script they want to follow. But to to even go through the motions of the script, there must they must be able to fool themselves and pull, fool their respective constituencies into believing that uh, continued investment into you know the Ukrainian uh, machine. Uh, has the potential of generating an outcome that is desirable for not only Ukraine, but the West. But if you show up in Vilnius on 11 July, which is when the NATO summit is convened, and all you have is uh, dead Ukrainians, destroyed equipment, surrendered prisoners of war, uh, and Russian forces not only successfully defending, but going over on the counterattack, uh, capturing uh, Ukrainian uh, cities, capturing Ukrainian towns, um, it's going to be impossible to, to fake it. You're going to have to admit that you've lost this war. And when I say you, not just Ukraine, but but NATO, the collective West. The West, the West. Here's uh, General uh, Petraeus. Uh, now, this is June 6th, so it's uh, two weeks ago. Here's General Petraeus on who he thinks, no surprise, will uh, prevail in the offensive. I think that the Ukrainians are very much ready for this. They'll be very distinctive because they will be using, employing Western tanks, Western infantry fighting vehicles in large measure for the first time in this war, certainly in this number. I think the Russians will prove to be more brittle than the expectation is. Keep in mind, these units have been in combat for over a year, many of them. They have not been pulled offline to reconstitute by being having forces replaced, equipment replaced and repaired, and then doing training before they go back. They just get individual replacements to fill the gap. They're not well-trained. They're not well-equipped. They're not well-led. And I think that these Ukrainian forces, which are well-trained, are well-equipped, are going to break through. And then you might see a real dynamism to the battlefield that could give real opportunities to the Ukrainians to exploit.
the master of the Iraq surge know what he's talking about? Well, now we know why we lost the war in Iraq and we lost the war in Afghanistan, because everything that uh, David Petraeus just said was wrong. Everything. Not one thing he said was right. The Ukrainians are not well-trained. They're not well-led. Uh, you can't be well-led when you have 28-year-old, 25 and 28-year-old battalion commanders with less than one year uh, of military experience. Uh, that's not well-led. Uh, you're not well-trained when you fall in on equipment for the first time in January, uh, you begin training on it in February, and you're done by May. Uh, that's not well-trained on anything, either the operation of the equipment, this masterful U.S.-made infantry fighting vehicle, the Bradley or the Leopard tank, or any of the Western-made artillery systems. Ukrainians don't know how to use them. Uh, they're not well-trained. They're poorly led. Their morale is poor. Meanwhile, the Russians, everything he said about the Russians is wrong. Uh, they're, you know, these troops have high morale, extraordinary levels of training. We're seeing it right now as they absorb the Ukrainian um, attacks, as they respond, a counterattack locally. The Ukrainians haven't come close to the first line of defense yet. The Russians are well-led, well-trained, well-equipped. Uh, their morale is sky high right now. Um, everything Petraeus said is 100% wrong. I, I mean, normally when somebody humiliates themselves like that on national TV, they should uh, gracefully retire and go play golf or, you know, bridge or whatever else people do at that stage in their lives. But they shouldn't be going on national TV and promulgating such poor analysis. But remember, this is the man who gave us Afghanistan. Here, he is, here he is again in the same interview. You can take a guess, a mental guess as to what he wants to see happen in Vilnius on July 11. And you can also take a guess on his opinion on F-16s. But there should be a very solid path to NATO membership that's provided at the Vilnius summit on 11 July. But in the meantime, the focus should be on enabling Ukraine to the greatest extent that we possibly can so that the Ukrainians can prove to Putin that the Russians will not be able to outsuffer the Ukrainians. And also, we prove they won't be able to outsuffer the Europeans and the Americans as well. Does this include F-16 jets? Oh, absolutely. We should have made the decision to transition to Western aircraft long ago. Again, this was inevitable. What's inevitable is that the uh, any F-16s that are provided to the Ukrainians, if they are, uh, will be destroyed, uh, either on the ground or in the air. They'll have no impact on the battlefield whatsoever. They can't. Again, General Petraeus is betraying um, the fact that he's lying through his teeth. Uh, I know he's an army officer, but he was you know, a, a commander who had worked with the Air Force and understands the limitations of the F-16 as a platform the logistical requirements, the fact that the Ukrainians will be getting F-16s that are beyond their expiration date, being piloted by people who don't know how to fly them with insufficient training, insufficient weaponry. It's a death trap. And um, Atreus knows this. Uh, why he's saying this is beyond me. I guess he's just, a, just as poor a diplomat uh, as he is uh, a military commander. He started that uh, second clip that we ran by saying the 11 July uh, meeting should begin Ukraine's path to NATO. Ukraine's path to NATO, you might as well just declare World, World War III now. Well, what it means by path is there's, I believe there's uh, seven um, things that Ukraine has to do to be a member of NATO according to their membership application plan, which was approved back in uh, 
2008. Uh, they've only accomplished two of those. And uh, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, the president of the United States, has come out and said hey, there ain't no path to Ukraine being a member right now because uh, while they've done two things, there's you know there's still corruption. There's still a lot of things we don't know about. Uh, we're not satisfied with. Plus, it's just remember, it's a path towards membership. What no one's asking Ukraine to be a member now, except Ukraine. Um, NATO understands that you can't have Ukraine become a NATO member now. What what they're talking about is a post-conflict world where you know the fantasy world where Ukraine prevails and the Russians retreat and Ukraine gets everything it wants. How then do you transition in a post-conflict environment to Ukraine becoming a member as soon as possible? But again, this is total fantasy. Let me just reiterate what I've said all along. Uh, Ukraine is on the path of destruction. Uh, the course that they've taken uh, in concert with their NATO allies will lead to Russia acquiring another 20 to 30 percent of Ukraine's territory. Uh, the demise, probably fatal demise of the Zelensky government and uh, guaranteeing that whatever's left of Ukraine, um, once Russia wins decisively, will be a little rump state with no economic viability, no political viability. It'll be a horrible tragedy for the people of Ukraine. Here's more fantasy. Uh, from uh, General Ben Hodges, retired four-star, former commander-in-chief of U.S. military forces uh, in Europe. Well, I'll let you listen to what he says. Ukraine needs long-range precision weapons, and, and I'm, very, I'm very frustrated that the, my, our administration has so far refused to provide the ATACMs and uh, other long-range precision weapons, which would uh, help Ukraine hit Russian targets in Crimea. Because at the end of the day, Crimea is the decisive terrain. As long as Russia occupies Crimea, Ukraine will never be safe and Ukraine will never be able to rebuild its economy. So Crimea is the decisive terrain. And if the U.S. would provide these long-range weapons to Ukraine, then the Russians would have to begin to leave Crimea. How, how crazy is that? Well, again, Ben Hodges is uh, somebody who is totally devoid of reality. Look, um, uh, Shoigu, the Minister of Defense of uh, Russia, has responded to this. He says, if Ukraine uses existing weaponry, that is the um, the, the uh, storm shadow cruise missile provided by the British or the HIMARS provided by the United States to strike Crimea, uh, that uh, Russia will take out uh, decision-making centers in Ukraine. Uh, this means that Russia basically will take the gloves off and Zelensky will die, Zeluzhny will die, everybody will die, all the decision makers will die. Um, and then what is Ben Hodges going to do? I mean, uh, Ukraine attack him doesn't change anything. Uh, you know, pro-hint general, there's no such thing as a magic weapon. You know, the leopard was supposed to be a magic weapon. Heimars was supposed to be a magic weapon. Storm Shadow is a magic weapon. F-16, you know, is going to be a magic weapon. Attack will change everything. It changes nothing. Uh, the Russians are a mature military that has known of the existence of attackums for years. Uh, the Russians have systems that are uh, better than attackums. Um, yeah, so you fire attackums and you take out a target here, a target there, a target here. All you do is escalate the conflict, and the Russians will inflict far more damage on Ukraine than the attackums could ever accomplish. And you're just guaranteeing that the Ukrainian government you claim to want to support will die. Uh, you know, a, a very violent death. Uh, General Hodges, like General Petraeus, should just shut up and go away because they're not doing anybody any good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will play for Scott and ask his comments about 
President Putin's comments and views on all of this right after the break. You want to feel safe in your vehicle. And for you, that means easy, rapid access to your firearm. But safety also means your items don't fall into the wrong hands. You don't have to choose between safety and convenience. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it, and no one else can. Just order your Headrest Safe, install it yourself when it arrives, and enjoy peace of mind. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com. Before we run the um, uh, clips of President uh, Putin, and before we run a clip of the chief of staff of uh, President uh, Zelensky, how uh what is the state of the american uh stockpiles of weapons how depleted are they how much stuff that the pentagon would want if god forbid they needed it to defend american uh, territory is gone i mean we for instance artillery systems we've we've created this situation where we we'd have nothing left to give without consuming our stockpiles so anything future for the uh, Ukrainians or anybody else, by the way, would have to be fresh made. That's why we're seeing the end of drawdown um, and the beginning of new production, um, which means that, you know, what things we're promising the Ukrainians will only come months, if not years from now, because we have to build it from scratch. And here's the problem. It's one thing for a politician to say, let's do this and have Congress go, let's do this. But now the guy who builds it's going to go, uh, not so fast, guys. You see, this is I'm a private industry. I'm a business. Um, I need contracts. I need contracts that are worth this. I'm not going to change everything, divert all resources to pump out a handful of items for Ukraine. It's going to bankrupt me. That's not how business works. You want this? I need long-term contracts. I need lots of stuff being built. And Congress is going, well, we're not there yet. We don't want to do that. We want, And so all this stuff being promised isn't going to be built because defense contractors are saying, we, we, it's not financially you know our lockheed martin is not a state enterprise all right have our stockpiles to which lloyd austin would refer in an emergency been depleted because of this well first of all they were depleted before this the united states stockpiles have been uh, developed over the course of 20 years to support two things low intensity conflict in the middle east and training um as again general um Kaboli has said when he spoke, he's the commander of uh, uh, Allied forces and American forces in Europe. When he spoke in Sweden in January, he said, this, the scope and scale of the violence that's taking place in Ukraine is beyond our imagination. That means that the United States and NATO have not prepared for this. And right. preparation includes things like um, stockpiling ammunition. We're out of ammo. We gave it all to the Ukrainians. We don't have any left and we can't produce it. We're out of artillery. We're out of HIMARS rockets. We don't have enough air-to-air missiles for our aircraft. We don't have enough fuel. Remember, combat is very fuel-intensive, and we don't have enough fuel stockpiled. How are we going to fly all these airplanes? How are we going to operate all these tanks? We haven't budgeted a fuel. It hasn't been acquired. We don't have the storage for it. We don't have anything. So this is just a fantasy that is out there that somehow the United States and NATO are going to be able to sustain this fight or get involved in this fight. We don't have anything. Here's um, the chief of staff of uh, President uh, Zelensky um, in an interview. He, he, the questions by the uh, Wall Street Journal reporter are in English. His answers are in Ukrainian, so I will read uh, the subtitles. I didn't know. Maybe you did. 
that there were peace negotiations uh, in February of 2022. Here's what he has to say about it. You tried to negotiate some sort of truce or deal before the war, and that obviously didn't work. What lessons have you learned from that about how you deal with the Russians? I remember how the Russian delegation acted. Everything that they couldn't achieve through pressure during these many hours of negotiations, they attempted to achieve through military means on February 24, 2022. Ukraine will never compromise our country's territorial integrity. As a result, there will be no negotiations with the Russians as long as their troops remain here. How unrealistic is that, Scott? The Russians are never going to leave Crimea or the Donbass. Well, remember when he when when the negotiations he's talking about uh, prior to the conflict, um, the Donbass was still part of Ukraine, and the only territory that Russia had taken control of, which it was Crimea, which everybody recognizes as Russian. They won't recognize politically, but there's not a person out there that can make them that can articulate a cognizable claim that Crimea is Ukrainian. So. Right. So he's basically threw away an opportunity to give Ukraine everything they're seeking now. Think about that. If, what Ukraine wants today is Russian troops out of Zaporizhia, Kherson, Donetsk, and Lugansk. There weren't any Russian troops in those territories while they were having this negotiation. Had Ukraine ceded to these negotiations, they'd get everything they're looking for today. Plus, hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers wouldn't have died trillion dollars worth of infrastructure damage wouldn't have happened. Tens of millions of people wouldn't be displaced. Yermak is criminal, you know, is criminally implicated in his statements. He threw away an opportunity to peacefully, uh, you know, bring, prevent, to prevent a conflict. And today, look at the Ukrainian negotiating position. He's basically, Ukraine's trying to get back to where they were prior to February 24. And it's never going to happen. They've lost 20%. They're going to lose another 30%. And it's all over. And oh, by the way, Yermak, if uh, a storm shadow strikes Crimea, you're dead man walking. You're not going to be alive. You might as well flee the country now because you're, you constitute what they call a decision-making center. And uh, they will kill you. Here's uh, President Putin late uh, last week, very, very calm, uh, with a uh, translator, it's a female uh, voice translating, uh, about how the U.S. doesn't want to talk to him, and he's happy to talk to us if they will listen. As for the contacts, we don't have any contacts, practically, but we uh, didn't reject them. If there's a desire to enter into a dialogue with us, uh, they are welcome. It's not us who stopped this dialogue. They moved this dialogue into the sphere of uh, supplying uh, weapons and armory. Okay, we are going to burn all that they have supplied, and then we'll see what we are going to do next. The right interesting, on the mark. He's right yeah, on the, the mark, right? The interesting thing about what he says is uh, it's all accurate. I mean, unlike Petraeus, unlike Hodges, unlike Yermak, unlike Lincoln, Sullivan, Biden, everything Vladimir Putin says, just spot on accurate. You may not like the guy. You may not like what he's saying. 
but don't tell me that what he's saying is a lie. They're in the process of destroying everything that NATO has provided Ukraine. They have always been willing to enter into negotiations. They've demonstrated that from day one. And the fact is, when America loses this conflict in Ukraine, and we will lose, Russia will be ready to sit down with us and negotiate some sort of um, equitable termination of conflict because Russia is the only, Vladimir Putin is the only adult in the room right now. I mean, that's just a statement of fact. You're, you're, you're so good. I can't, I can't resist uh, playing another one. This is uh, the same interview, uh, President Putin saying the U.S. is trying to provoke us. The Kremlin, there are terrorist attacks organized by Kiev, and of course all those uh, drone um, attacks, including the Kremlin. On the one hand, the Biden administration is quite categorical in saying that they do not approve of such actions. And they never promoted um, their destruction of Nord Stream 1 and 2. Can you evaluate it and how are you going to deal with it? You know, everything you mentioned, these are their attempts to provoke us uh, to some powerful counteractions. The attempt to hit and cause some damage to the Kremlin and all those um, assaults on the Belgorod region and villages uh, near the border. All these are attempts to provoke us. So if we uh, destroyed five uh, Patriot complexes near Kiev, so what do you think? Can we destroy any building in Kiev? There are no limitations uh, for us, but we don't do it uh, due to a number of considerations. What do you think? He's the calmest. He's the calmest guy in the room. <laughs> And he has every reason to be calm because he's in control. I mean, you know, it would have been his calmness would have been more impressive had we seen it. And we did see it uh, a year ago uh, because a year ago um, there were a lot of factors that were unknown, like how strong, how resilient the Russian economy would be, uh, what the political consequences of mobilization would be. Um, they still didn't know what the ramifications of uh, NATO's billion dollars, tens of billions of dollars of aid to Ukraine would be. So Putin was not in the same position that he was, and he was hesitant to go forward and have this kind of interaction. Today, a year later, you're seeing the most relaxed man in the world. That is a man comfortable with every aspect of his existence. Uh, he has a sense of humor. His facts are there he, because he knows what this outcome will be. He is in charge. He is in the driver's seat. There's nothing the West can do uh, short of a nuclear war, which would be the end of everybody. And he's already indicated that if that's the route they want to go, uh, so be it. Uh, everybody will be dead, but the Russians will go to heaven as martyrs. Um, how do you deal with that mindset? Uh, you know, but he is comfortable with the strength of Russia, with the posture of Russia. Um, nothing's going to ruffle this guy. Compare and contrast that with everybody else on the Western side. Look at the frustration of Hodges. I mean, that was a man fidgeting in his seat. Look at Petraeus. He's scared deer in headlights as he's lying to everybody. Look at Sullivan. Look at Blinken. Look at Biden. They are running scared. Biden can't get in front of his donors without panicking. The threat of a Russian nuclear attack is real. Is real, he said. Well, did you look at Putin? Does he look like a man frothing at the mouth waiting to attack? What he said is, we're here. We're ready to negotiate after we destroy everything. We, we took out five Patriot systems in Kiev, he said. <laughs> and he did. And he said, so we can take out anything we want to, but we choose not to. That's a man in total. 
Scott Ritter, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. If you like what you just saw, and I suspect you did, like, like, subscribe, and share with a friend. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. You want to feel safe in your vehicle with access to your firearm that's both secure and convenient. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it and no one else can. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com.